Everybody repeat after me. So I can be a friend. I can be a friend. That's all we're asking, to be a friend to a child. That's all we're asking, to be a friend. Something that's transferable. We looked at a lot of things. We had a hard hit to adopt a school. Small, more opportunities are going to be open up to touch the school. This same school, this is our school that we want to really adopt and, and do things with them. Just, just that. This is the beginning, what we want to do at Reagan. But what we want to really do is make something transferable so when we're all gone, someone else can do this. We can all be friends. We can all be a mentor to somebody. Their kids need somebody. A lot of them don't have parents. So we become that which is missing in their lives. And I think it's when we God's speaking, and we always have one model here. He watches to see what God's doing. We join him in his work. So uh, that's one of the greatest things. And when we even announced this today was pretty much because our theme today is shine as Christ. And uh, I had to say, after you do this uh, presentation, you got to make sure I don't cry. So I'm going to do something crazy. I want everyone to stand up. Come on, everybody's coming in. I want you to stand up. I was back in children's church just a few minutes ago. I go there when we do our meet and greet. And when I was studying for this message, I remember the one song when I was little. Right? I don't know all the words. Who knows all the words? And we used to do it, you know. It was crazy. We were crazy. Even, and we did it as adults sometime. Inside the service. We were Pentecostal. You did it inside the service. This is my, oh, was it? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on. Mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Woo! Come on, give a little hand clap. <laughs> I know that's not theological sound, I'm sorry. But that's what it's about. We sung about a song about being a light, not just being talking about light. Being a light, you may be seated. Being a light for Christ. And when we get into this part of Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, it says to shine as Christ. We start getting into the practical. It gave you a lot of things, theological things in Philippians. But this one here is practical. How can we be lights as Christ? How can we shine as Christ shined? And this is our greatest, you've noticed, as the world seems to be getting darker. Things seem to be changing. One of the greatest things, we can have two options. We can say, well, it's not going to get any better. Or we can say this is our greatest hour to shine. To do that crazy and remember that crazy song when y'all were little, because y'all used to juke to it. I know you did. (laughs) And remember, this is our greatest opportunity as believers to take from lip service to being service. How do we reach people? How do we build community? We go. But we go in the power of Christ. And we're going to unpack Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. Now, I've been singing that song now. It's all stuck in my mind now. We have to sing this on the way out the door. <laughs> this is Paul, again, encouraging the Philippian church. And when we get down, we did 1 through uh, 11 last week. And we ended at the example of Christ. This one is the shinest Christ. Really how we can be what I always call the church together. Let's start reading. 
says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you will shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, also you should be glad and rejoice with me. This is Paul exhorting the Philippian church. Talking about when he was there and how they did great things. Some of the writers said when he even took off, pretty much they continued in their faith. They went through some trouble, but they continued strongly in their faith even when he wasn't there. But one thing he wanted to uh, explain to them when we go unpack this. It wasn't by imitation. For us to change our neighborhoods, change our family, it's not going to be by imitating Christ. Though we'll imitate the practices of it. It has to be incarnational. Which means as Christ became a man incarnate here on earth, as Christ living in us, we start to live out the things that Christ has put in each and every one of us. Not by law, but by the power of Christ. Incarnational living means I have a new nature. When we're all born again, we have a new nature. I have the old nature, we have a new nature. And our nature dictates our appetite. If you're dealing with an old nature, you're going to have an old appetite. If you have a new nature, you're going to have the appetite of what Christ had appetite for, which was serve and to transform cities, families, nations. So it's incarnational when we talk about this in Philippians. It's not about pressure from the outside. It's about from the power that's working within you from the inside. When we were born again, we received a new nature. And when he's talking about this, he takes you to Galatians 2.20. It says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is, it is no longer I who live, but Christ, let's say it together, who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Incarnational, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, him and me doing work. Empowered by Christ. Not empowered by works. Not empowered by the law. And we're going to unpack this because when we try to go out and do things, I don't want you to get caught up that you're the one that's doing it. It's Christ through you doing it. There's three things when you look at this scripture. The first one is, per, there's a purpose to achieve. The second one is, a power to receive. And the third one is, a promise to believe. The first one, a, uh, a, first one, a, per, a purpose to to achieve. He says in verse 12 to as I'm gone, I'm absent. 
obey, even when I'm gone. It's one of the things I wrote down. Do not build your relationship on man. Build your relationship on God. So when man leaves or someone lets you down, it will be solid. Your life has to be in Christ first, not in man. He's saying, even when I'm gone, carry on. Same thing with us. You tell your kids, even when we're gone, you carry on. Remember that? You tell it to your children all the time. And he's also talking about not just on Sundays. Because we only spend about an hour and a half here on Sundays. And everyone dresses up nice. And everyone has nice language. Good to see you, brother. Bless you, sister. (laughs) And then you're on the road on Monday. And that wears off the first time you get to your restaurant today. Talking about even when you're outside of church. Follow through. Follow through. Because everyone looks great an hour and a half. Everyone has a great story, don't they? Clean up nice. Kids even love you because they're back there. But we ask your kids when we're back there, how's mom and dad? And they tell us. They bad, too. That's their purpose. He's saying. Other one he says in verse 13. Guys, and we all have to learn on this. Don't complain and argue and, fault, and, fault, and finding fault with people as believers. What he's saying is you live in a twisted and perverse generation. Same thing today. Our job as believers or not to point out the faults. Our job is to bring transformation to the faults and not say anything about our nation because if they don't know Jesus, that is how they're supposed to act. Fight for arguing with what's going on today. Why? It's our greatest hour to change what's going on today. It'd be easy for us to stand here and say, you know, Reagan Elementary has the lowest grades, lowest things. Shame on them. Let the Lord bless them. All we did was say a curse over them versus, oh, how can we help? How can we be light? How can we change that? Versus finding fault. Finding fault. Because, you know, when you find fault, all you're trying to do is This is the way I think, and this is the way I want things to be. And we really don't see the world the way the world is. We see it as we see the world is. Have our own opinion. We're called to exalt, bring light, preserve, to bless, not curse, and never ourselves. Never saying, that brother's not doing what I would do. Don't judge people according to your intentions. If you're the type that's negative all the time, that is a heart issue. Because I like to see things how they're going to be by Jesus, not how they are. They're supposed to be that way if Jesus is not there. That's the way it's supposed to look. Make, amen? Everybody got quiet. One thing I like in the book of Quiet Strength with Tony Dungy, he was, you know, Tony Dungy was a strong, he was a, a, head, a great coach, Indianapolis Colts, and he was in college, he was in school, he'd come home. He said, Mom, 
Dad, you wouldn't believe how the coach was acting. You wouldn't believe what was going on. You wouldn't believe what was going on. You know what he would say? That father would come to him and say, Tony, I understand what you're saying. But what are you going to do to make it better? What are you going to do to make it better? That takes us beyond the Facebook posts. What are we going to do to fix crime? You know what we do to fix crime? You make disciples. What are we going to do to stop abortions? You know what we do? We make disciples. What do we do about divorce? Well, we make disciples. The answer is always the answer. We make disciples. That means we're going to do all we can something about it. Because we can talk all day about how bad it is. We don't worry, you don't have to do much. The news do that for you. But God's saying, here's what he's saying to the church today in this day and hour. What are you going to do to make it better? So then we work on solutions, not the problems. Jesus came on earth. You didn't hear him criticize anybody. He corrected the religious folks who had problems. But he encouraged those who were lost to come to know him. So what do we do? We encourage those who are lost to come to Jesus. We don't look at their behavior because their belief system drives their behavior. You change your belief, you're going to change the behavior. The reason why they do that is because that's what they believe. How are we doing? It's better than a one hour and a half service. It's about being a service in the community. That's what Paul's saying. And then no one can blame you for anything. Here's the other part of it. He says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Isn't that amazing? That we can live a life that they can, no one can find blame or find anything on us. That is called, as you're working, we're going to get there, as you're working through, as we start to look more and walk more like Jesus. And as Jesus said, when he said in, in John, the devil's coming, but he has found nothing on me. When people see you, do they find anything on you? I'd answer that question this week. Yeah, probably so. but a purpose to achieve. You can write this down. I had this as a bullet. If I want to change, if, I'm out, if I want my world to change, I must change. If I want my world, my world to change, I must change. When I have the eyes of Christ, I really see the condition of our community. When I have the eyes of rich, I am criticizing my community because it's the way I think it should be. But Christ saw everyone outside of the Bible, everyone outside of salvation, helpless and harassed. People without a shepherd don't know what to do. And that's how he looks at it. So if I want my world and what I perceive to change, I must change for my world to change. Because it starts with me. 
It's my responsibility. And when we sung that song, this little light of mine, y'all want to sing it again? No? I like that song. I got that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. That's what Jesus said we are. This is who you are. If you're born again, this is who you are. As we talk about these behaviors, if you don't know Jesus, it's hard to do these behaviors without getting frustrated. But if you know Jesus, you're empowered by it. We're going to get there. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it on a basket, but on a stand and gives light to all, everyone say all, in the house. In the same way, let your what? Do what? Before who? Can we go home now? Sermon's over. So they may hear, hear your good works and give glory to who? Where? You ever get this compliment? Then you know you're effective. Thank God that you work for us, that you go to our school. You ever hear that? You know what they're doing? They're giving God glory because they recognize the God in you. They may see, not hear, see. What an excitement to be able to be qualified to see. God chooses us, and we're, we're all mixed up sometimes, but he uses us to do great things. He don't want perfection. He just wants you to start going. He doesn't have a scale. You're great because you speak in Greek and you speak in, he don't care. Just go outside and do something for somebody. That's bigger than how much you might know. Don't ever, get a, don't ever get offended by what you think you don't know and what you do know. It's amazing. And here's the whole thing. Through the purposes to achieve, God has a purpose for us. Y'all want to know what God's purpose is for your lives? Because everyone asks me, what is God's plan for my life? How many young people want to know that? Come on, raise your hands. It's all right. Y'all, this is not a trick question. Go ahead, now you can raise your hands. Y'all say, Pastor Rich, I don't want to trust you. How about adults? Raise your hand. You want to know what your, your purpose in life is, don't you? Everybody does, don't they? Come on, give it to me. For those whom he foreknew, that's us. He also predestined, that's us, to be what? Wow. To the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. His plan for us is to make us more like his son. How many like getting conformed? <laughs> Don't it hurt? When someone cuts you off on the road and God says, have grace. Someone offends you, love them. If you don't, I'll send someone else offend you. That's conforming. Right. Yeah, oh, wow. Y'all like, that don't hurt. That hurts. That's worse than gym, isn't it? You go to class and do this. God does this. And he used some time. He cut that off. You don't need that. Cut that racism off you. Cut this pride off you so I can build something. You know that scripture? We're the clay. He's the potter. And let, let me tell you something. If you don't get it right, he'll just reform you. Bam! 
So while we're trying to figure out what we're here to do, this is it. This is it to be conformed until you, on, until you go see him. And you won't look like this, but until you see him, he's conforming you. And conforming hurts. But it's so good. Because you, you used to act, you can't act that way if he's conforming you. Y'all getting scared now. Go buy some silly putty and practice. Bam. <laughs> The greatest thing is, he's not conforming you without himself, which I talk about the power to receive. He's not conforming you by yourself. God works in so we can work out. God works in us so we can work out. Verse 13 says, when it says the will and to work, it's really God gives us the desire and the power to work it out. His will, according to his purposes, his good pleasure. He's working. He gives you that desire. A new nature has new desires. A new nature has a new power. And that word work means energy by the Holy Spirit working through us. But what we have to do is like John did. I must decrease so he may increase in my life. Everyone says, I want more of God. I want more of God. If you give less of you, you have all the God you need. And then we all have to fight that. Because sometimes what God tells you to do, you don't understand. But that doesn't mean you don't obey. Because he understands everything. So it's working in you. So you can work out. Because when you have an inward unity with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it results in an outward holiness. Guys, walking at the world and trying to say Jesus is Lord is contradictory at best. There's a holiness that comes out of you. But it comes from the inside, not from the outside works, but if I wear a long dress and I do all that, and I cut my hair and I don't wear makeup, it's about an inward desire to be pleasing to God and to people. And he, here's the thing, he gives it to us if we yield to him. That's why you say, I can't believe this person did all that work. They don't look the part because the part that's in you don't see is inside of them. The Christ in them that does a great work. Inward unity results in outward holiness. And what we do, we hold the truth of the gospel and we present the gospel to people. And you haven't said a word yet. But that all happens. Your outward results is going to all have everything to do with your inward dedication. You can tell what people are doing in their private time because the results are out in public. So it's more than church once a week. It's a daily devotion with God. Hebrews 13, 21 says this. Equip you with everything good. See, God, the Holy equips you with everything good that you may do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus, to whom the glory and forever and ever. Amen. Christ working through us. Because the greater the pressure inside of you, the greater you can handle the pressure outside of you. Because I re- I'm like this. The same thing happens every day. 
Nothing seems to change much. Maybe the weather. We're in West Texas. <laughs> but really, nothing really changes except our response to that, what's going on. Why? Because what's inside of us. If I want my world to change, I must change. If what I'm calling a problem, when I'm changing, it actually becomes an opportunity. So everything we call the problems outside, what the church of Jesus Christ should call is an opportunity for Jesus to work. On my campus, in my homes, everywhere. So when we scan the papers and we look in our own families, when things are going bad, guys, if you know Jesus, you are the change agent. You look at an opportunity where I can, we can step in with Jesus and bring transformation. Whatever the, you know, we're always not going to have enough money. We're always not going to have enough, enough, enough. This flesh is never satisfied. But it's what you do with what you have that brings the change. If I want to change my world, I must change me. I must become that believer who really gets it. And then the power to receive, all the power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave resides in each and every one of us. There's nothing you can't get through. There's nothing you can't do. But you got to unleash that power. And there's some tools that God uses to unleash it. Daily tools. The first one is the word of God. That's what I call divine power. Divine power. Give me that scripture, sir. I'm off the notes, I know. This is out of the American Standard Version Bible. About the word of God. For no word from God shall be void of power. Wow. Every word has divine power in it. That every word that I get inside me and I meditate on, I can release that power in the middle of a situation. I can release that power in the middle of being discouraged. I can release that power. That's how the Bible is active and living, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's living. As you start to read the Bible, the Bible starts to read you. Good or bad, doesn't matter. God loves you. That conforming thing. Second one is prayer. These are tools to receive the power of God. Second one is prayer. Now we all know this one, Ephesians 3.20. We cheer on this one. Now to him who is able. I'm going home. I preached. Who's able? Not me. He is. To do I love big words. Far, far, more. I never got those wrong in school. This one I always got. Abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. You take the divine power and you put it with a prayer with the source of power and you have a powerful person for Jesus. Melding those things. I remember with the Ghostbusters when they had to put the three things together. Remember that? They put them together. Boom! Third one is no one likes this one. No one likes this one. 
but we must have it. Kyle said, you watch too many movies. Third one is this. We talked about last week, suffering. Proverbs 25, 4. What suffering does, remember not conforming? Suffering does this. You take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. When you're talking about making metal and making it stronger, you put extreme heat on it, and what rises up is the garbage. Your anger rises up. Racism rises up. All those things that stop your attitude rises up, and he wipes it clean. So you are a vessel for use. Sometimes don't run from the suffering. You're being refined. Don't run from the challenges. You're being refined. And watch the dross. You ever meet the dross when you have an anger problem? Where'd that come from? It rose up. I'm impatient. Where'd that come from? It rose up from a trial. Those three things, the word, prayer, and the suffering, pulls the greatness and the best out of you. And here it is. God's doing it all. But you have to work too. Some of my brothers say, well, God's going to do it all. Why do I do it? You have to work too. It'd been great if we have a great door in Reagan Elementary. This is the door. But we don't go through it because we're waiting for God to go through it and do all the work. Who has to go through it? His church. Guys, the whole city, the whole nation is waiting for us to go through the doors, to go through the doors of your workplace, your families. They're waiting for us to go through the doors. bigger than coming to church on Sunday. They're waiting for us to go through the doors to be the salt and the light. Something greater than yourself. Because here's the greatest thing. The last one is a promise to achieve. It's nothing greater when you spin yourself out on the battlefield. You've done all that God had called you to do. And you're like weary and you know that some great things are taking place. Matthew 25, 21. Your greatest promise to receive is the joy. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Into the what? Of who? Your master. Well, the greatest thing is we take who we are and we bless wherever God has for you in whatever area of influence and we pour it out in our community, man. And we're like, at the end of our days. And the next thing you know, the joy is, he ain't going to say this, get away from me, I never knew you. He's going to say, enter my joy. You gave me five, I made five more. You gave me two, I made two more. You gave me one, I made one more. And you're spent. And I know one person, I, I looked, I researched this, who had this attitude. It's Martin Luther King. He had a quote, just shook me to my bones. Because what am I here for? Says this. A man who won't die for something is not fit to live. A man who won't die for something is not fit to live. Are you ready to just give it all up for God? Because at the end of the day, it's not a new car, it's not a new house, it's nothing else. It's well done, my good and faithful servant. And I can't say I didn't make it because Alan got in my way 
or he said something, so I quit because a bunch of hypocrites. I can't say that because it's me and the Lord. There's no excuses anymore. To shine his lights, he has to remove the dross. To shine his lights, we got to have an outward holiness. Old-time churches, I come every week and I, I hit a box and I feel good about myself. Christianity says we used to wait for them to come in the door. What God is saying today in these times is wait for the door to come outside. We ought to hit the doors outside. How exciting is that? That's the greatest thing ever. That's what gives you the joy. I'm doing something that I'm, I was created for. And I will die on this hill. Man, I will die on my marriage. Die. There's nothing else that matters. We sing the song, Jesus be the center of it all. There's nothing else matters. He gives us money for tools. He gives us all these other things. But to what? To transform the world. Whoa. With this personality, he does have a sense of humor. What I want to do now, in this message, it's a responsibility that each and every one of us have. Why God put us here. Why you were born again. When we ask for help to serve, we're trying to get the best out of you that's locked up, that only be released when you're doing it. You haven't even walked in your best yet. Because what happens is we weren't created to be ordinary. Think about it. We weren't created to be ordinary. We were created to be extraordinary because we have an extraordinary father. When I grew up, when you had 10 or 12 kids in the house with one paycheck, that was extraordinary. And you say, how did we make it? Now today we trip. Prices hasn't really changed. It's our attitude has changed. Because back then, raising those children was the greatest thing because I'm raising a generation to carry on when I'm gone. The children you have now are not just to be there to kick them out. They're there to be raised up to do something great. <laughs> if you're a parent, that's to be the greatest parent. Raise them up to do great things. You're a teacher. I love the federal credit. Everyone's a teacher. Yes. In the kingdom of God, everyone's a light. Everybody's a light. You don't understand, I only see one person a week. You are that light. That is awesome. That's the joy when you call it all out, man. When you, at the end of your days, it ain't about a brick and sand. It's about, well done, my good and faithful sir. That's what uh, Paul was saying. I'm a drink offering. If I'm being poured out, you have joy with me because you're going to be poured out also. What a challenge. How about you? You ready to change your life? Ready to make some changes in your life? You want your world to change? Starts with you changing. Can have our leaders come up? On the way out the door, don't, don't stop. Stop by a table, pick up some information. Because that's tomorrow's senators, tomorrow's presidents tomorrow's congressman that we have a chance to mentor today. I don't look at them as ruffians. I look at them as the seed that needs to be planted. And someone here who can speak greatness into their lives.
one day a week, one hour a week. And everything else around here, you see these guys back? Give them a hand back. These guys back here work. I'm talking about inside and outside the house. They need help. They, they pour it out every week because it's only them. Don't ever say, I like what Alan said, that you're insufficient, that you don't matter. God did not save you for you not to matter. Jesus didn't come for people who didn't matter. That means you are special. That's why he came. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as you have spoken to our hearts, I pray today that our hearts will be quickened by your word, by your spirit, God. Not by my presentation, but by your spirit, Lord. Speak to those who are discontent. Speak to those who are discouraged to encourage them. Father, let them uh, know that you're moving in their lives and you're touching their lives. I ask that you bless everyone here today. Thank you, Lord God, for the opportunities that abound in our lives all around us. Thank you, God, that we will see them as opportunities, not problems. And we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand up, everybody.